Hare Krishna. Welcome to this episode of Chaitanya Charitamrita. Today's verse is pretty much the second chapter of Adilila of Chaitanya Charitamrita, which is the explanation of the third verse of the first chapter of Chaitanya Charitamrita. So we will go through the verses, uh, second chapter, verses 3 all the way through 22. And the topic is the Vedic um, reference or the Vedic proof of the supremacy of Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Ajnana Timirandhasya Gyananjana Shalakaya Chakshurun Melitam Yena Tasmai Shri Gurave Namaha Shri Chaitanya Mano Bhishtam Sthapitam Yena Bhutale Swayam Rupa Hakadamahyam Dadati Swapadantikam Vandeham Shri Guru Shri Yutapadakamalam Shri Gurun Vaishnavamscha Shri Rupam Sagrajatam Sahagana Raghunathan Vitam Tamsajivam Sadvaitam Savadhutam Parijana Sahitam Krishna Chaitanya Devam Shri Radha Krishna Padan Sahagana Lalita Shri Vishakhan Vitamscha He Krishna Karana Sindho Dinabandho Jagatpate Gopesha Gopika Kantaradha Kantanamos Tute Tapta Kanchana Gaurangi Radhe Vrindavaneshwari Vrishabhanu Sute Devi Pranamami Hari Priye Vanchakalpatarubhyascha Kripasindhubhya Evacha Paditanam Pavanebhyo Vaishnavebhyo Namon Namaha Nama Om Vishnu Padaya Krishna Preshthaya Bhutale Srimate Bhakti Vedanta Swaminitinamine Namaste Saraswati Deve Gauravani Pracharine Nirvishesha Sunyavadi Paschatya Deshatarine Jai Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhunityananda Shri Advaita Gadadhar Shri Vasadi Gaurabhakta Vrinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare So welcome to this episode of Chaitanya Charitamrita and today's topic is the Vedic evidence for the supremacy of Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And this is based on this verse, um, chapter 1, text 3. The explanation of which is in the second chapter. The entire second chapter is an explanation of this third verse of Shri Chaitanya Charitamrita. As we have already said before, um, I think in the beginning of Chaitanya Charitamrita series. So the first 14 verses of Chaitanya Charitamrita are very, very crucial verses. And the first eight chapters um, are dedicated to explaining these first 14 verses of Chaitanya Charitamrita. So today we are discussing the third verse. So we will chant the verse. First, all the words here. And then line by line. Okay. This is a pretty long verse. So it <laughs> you may not be uh, used to the tune, but you will try to get used to it. Okay, I will try my best. Okay, chant with me, <coughs> word to word. Yat Advaitam Brahma Upanishadi Tat Api Asya Tanubha Yah Atma Antahayami Purushah Iti Sah Asya Amsha Vibhavah Shat Aishwaryayih Purnah Yah Iha 
भगवान् सह स्वयं अयम् न चैतन्यात् कृष्णात् जगति पर तत्वं परम इह so let's try to chant this line by line but you don't repeat after me right away i will chant the verse once so that you get an idea of the tune of the verse and then we will chant it breaking each line into i think two parts okay first i will chant you just listen and try to understand the tune okay yadadvaitam brahmo panishadi tadapyasya tanubha आत्मातरियामी पुष इति सोस्यांश विभव षडश्वरी पूर्ण यगवान्वयम न चैतन्यात्कृष्णा जगति परतत्व परमिह Yes, it is uh, not a common tune. <clears throat> so let's try. We will try breaking it up into two parts each line. Okay, let me see. Yeah, two parts. Okay, please follow after me. Yadadvaitam Brahmo. पनिषदि तनुष्यांश विभव षडश्वरी पूर्ण य इह भगवान्वयम न चैतन्यागति परतत्व परमिह के लाइगेन यदद्वैतं ब्रह्मो पनिषदि तनुष विभव षडश्वरी पूर्ण य इह भगवान्वयम न चैतन्यागति परतत्व परमिह Okay, I will chant again. This time the whole line, um, and I will not um, give any break for you to follow. I will just chant it so that 
you can register it again yadadvaitam brahmo panishaditadapyasyatanubha ya atmantaryami purusha iti sosyamsha vibhava shadaishwariyaihi purno ya iha bhagavan sasvayamayam na chaitanyat krishna jagati paratatvam paramiha so who composed the tune so there's a question who composed the tune so this tune is um, what is it it is actually found in the nityananda ashtaka composed by who i forgot i can take it out but it'll take, just take some time okay let me just take it out one second it's not that it was composed by the he composed the tune of the shloka but that's where i found <laughs> this tune one second this is the song yeah vrindavan das thakur yes he is actually he is considered to be the incarnation of vyasadev and he wrote the chaitanya bhagavat which is the other biography of uh, lord chaitanya mahaprabhu other than chaitanya charitamrita and he is the one who composed this song so this is called nityanandashtakam sarachandra sarachandra bhrantim spuradamalakantim gajagatim so this is the the same uh, meter so it is 17 syllables but it's a different tune than another one like naham vipro nachanarapatir that is a different that is i think sragdhara chanda this is something else i there are in 17 syllables there are five different chandas five different tunes for 17 different different types of 17 syllables so this is one of them i forgot the name of the tune but um, i there is a youtube video of uh, nityananda ashtakam in that i heard this tune so i found that okay this tune can be applied in some of the verses so that's how this tune came about <clears throat> all right so word to word meaning yat that which advaitam non dual brahma the impersonal brahman upanishadi in the upanishads tat that api certainly asya his tanubha the effulgence of his transcendental body yah who atma the super soul antahyami indwelling lord purushah supreme enjoyer iti does sah he asya his amsha vibhavah plenary expansion shat aishwaryayhi with all six opulences purnah full yah who iha here bhagwan the supreme personality of godhead sah he swayam himself ayam this na not chaitanyat than lord chaitanya krishnat than lord krishna 
jagati in the world para higher tatvam truth param another iha here so translation by his divine grace ac bhaktivedanta swami shri prabhupad ki jai <coughs> translation what the upanishads describe as the impersonal brahman is but the effulgence of his body and the lord known as the super soul is but his localized plenary portion lord chaitanya is the supreme personality of godhead krishna himself full with six opulences he is the absolute truth and no other truth is greater than or equal to him so this is a declaration by um krishnadas kaviraj goswami the author of chaitanya charitamrita so the way he presents his work in chaitanya charitamrita especially in the adi leela is first he declares the truth in these 14 verses he declared the truth actually not just the 14th verses in fact the 17 verses but the 14 verses um are about the panchatatva and then the 15 16 17 are the you know the three deities of vrindavan madan mohan govinda and gopinath so in this way he has composed these verses and um, especially the first 14 i think are original verses no some of them are also by rupa goswami i don't know i think i think one of them maybe this one or the other one the next one the next one i think probably is from rupa goswami <coughs> so anyway he has mentioned these very powerful verses in the first 14 verses so these are all declarations and then he goes about dedicating chapters entire chapters to explaining each of these verses so the first chapter of chaitanya charitamrita was only the explanation of the first two verses and in fact 85% of the chapter was on the first verse itself and then this um i think the the other rest of it was on the second verse so the first was was about all the six aspects of godhead that chaitanya mahaprabhu embodies um which is guru um, devotees the incarnations the expansions the energies and the supreme personality chaitanya mahaprabhu himself so six aspects of the lord and then the second verse is about um gauranithai chaitanya mahaprabhu and nityananda prabhu how they have dissipated all the darkness like sun and moon rising at the same time then this verse is about chaitanya mahaprabhu the supreme personality of godhead so this is that verse so we will go to the second chapter now because this verse is explained more detail in the second chapter so we have already studied the second chapter first two verses in the last two sessions now in this today's session there is a lot to cover a lot so stay tuned for a minimum 3 hours <laughs> okay so before he starts any chapter especially in the adilila also in the madhilila he does this krishnadas kaviraj goswami always has this verse before this verse he states one or two verses in the beginning in sanskrit like the mercy of chaitanya mahaprabhu or you know like last two verses if you remember this is this was the first one shri chaitanya prabhum vande balopiya danugrahat tarin nanamata graha vyaptam siddhanta sagaram i offer my obeisances to shri chaitanya mahaprabhu who by whose mercy <coughs> even an ignorant child can swim across the ocean of conclusive truth which is full of the crocodiles of various theories so this is the first verse so he offers his respects to chaitanya mahaprabhu in this way and then this, this is the second verse another beautiful verse 
कृष्णोत्कीर्तन गान नर्तन कला पाथोजनिभ्राजिता सद्भक्तावलिहंस चक्रमधुपा श्रेणी विहारास्पद कर्णानंदकलध्वनिर्वहतुमे जिह्वामुप्रांगणे ಕರ್ಣಾನಂದಿಕಲಧ್ವನಿರ್ವಹತುಮೇಸುಧಾಸ್ವರ್ಧುನಿಸ್ಫುಲ್ಲಾಡ್ಚೈತನ್ಯ
నెక్స్ట్ తృతీయ శ్లోకేర్ అర్థకొరి వివరణ్ వస్తు నిర్దేశ రూప మంగళాచరణ్ లెట్ మీ డిస్క్రైబ్ ద మీనింగ్ ఆఫ్ ద థర్డ్ వర్స్ ఆఫ్ ద ఫస్ట్ ఫోర్టీన్ ఇట్ ఈస్ అన్ ఆస్పిషియస్ వైబ్రేషన్ దట్ డిస్క్రైబ్స్ ది యాప్సులు ట్రూత్ దెన్ అగైన్ హీ రిపీట్స్ ద థర్డ్ వర్స్ ఆఫ్ చైతన్య చరితామత అగైన్ ఇన్ ద సెకండ్ చాప్టర్ ఫిఫ్త్ వర్స్ యదద్వైతం బ్రహ్మోపనిషది తదప్యాత్మాంతర్యామీ పురుష ఇది సోస్యాంశ విభవ షడైశ్వరీ పూర్ణో య ఇహ భగవాన్ సయమయం నైతన్యాత్కృష్ణ జగతి పరతత్వం పరమిహ so here we have explanation <laughs> what the upanishads describe as the impersonal brahman is but the effulgence of his body and the lord known as the super soul is but his localized plenary portion lord chaitanya is the supreme personality of godhead krishna himself full with six opulences he is the absolute truth and no other truth is greater than greater than or equal to him purport the compilers of the upanishads speak very highly of the impersonal brahman the upanishads which are considered the most elevated portion of the vedic literatures are meant for persons who desire to get free from a material association and who therefore approach a bona fide spiritual master for enlightenment the prefix upa indicates that one must receive knowledge about the absolute truth from a spiritual master one who has faith in his spiritual master actually receives transcendental instruction and as his attachment for material life slackens he is able to advance on the spiritual path so upanishad upanayana you see how closely they are related upanayana means the 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 ceremony which draws one closer to the supreme lord and how does it draw one closer because it takes diksha from a proper guru so that is called upanayana initiation so it brings the prospective devotee closer to the supreme lord by act, because we can't go any any close to the supreme lord if we don't surrender to his pure devotee the acharya we we as chaitanya mah i mean krishna himself told arjuna ye me bhakta jana partha name bhaktascha te jana mad bhakta nam cha ye bhaktas te met bhakta tamamata the those who say that they are my devotees i do not consider them my devotees but those who are devotees of my servants are ah, yes they are factually my devotees so in order to get anywhere close to the supreme lord we have to take shelter the only way to go to krishna is to take shelter of a pure devotee of krishna and that pure devotee is empowered by krishna to come as the acharya and we have to surrender ado guru vashrayam so that is called upanayana to approach by approaching a spiritual master తద్విద్ధి ప్రణిపాతైన పరిప్రశ్నైన సేవయా ఉపదేక్షంతి తే జ్ఞానం జ్ఞానస్తత్వదర్శనం దిస్ ఈస్ అప్రోచింగ్ సో ఉపనిషద్ మీన్స్ అగైన్ వీ హ్యావ్ టు దీస్ ఉపనిషద్స్ ఆర్ స్క్రిప్చర్స్ విచ్ విల్ డ్రాస్ క్లోజర్ టు ద లాడ్ బట్ దే కెన్ ఓన్లీ బీ అండర్స్టుడ్ బై ద ప్రాసెస్ ఆఫ్ ఉపనయన బై టేకింగ్ గైడెన్స్ ఆఫ్ ద స్పిరిచువల్ మాస్టర్ వితౌట్ ద గైడెన్స్ ఆఫ్ అ బోనఫైడ్ స్పిరిచువల్ మాస్టర్ హూ ఈస్ కమింగ్ ఇన్ ద వైష్ణవ సంప్రదాయం we will completely misunderstand the upanishads as is the case with shankaracharya's followers the mayavadis they completely misunderstand the upanishads uh, uh, but the devotees understand its factual conclusions hmm? 
so <coughs> you see one who has faith in his spiritual master actually receives transcendental instructions what is that yasya deve parabhaktir yatha deve tatha gurav tasyate kathita hyartha prakashante mahatmanah so the the same the, the, actually this this sentence is from that verse only and as his attachment for material life slackens he is able to advance on the spiritual path knowledge of the transcendental science of the upanishads can free one from the entanglement of existence uh in the material world and when thus liberated one can be elevated to the spiritual kingdom of the supreme personality of godhead by advancement in spiritual life so actually if we really understand the upanishads it will disentangle us from this material world and get us attached to the spiritual world the supreme personality of godhead that's the real meaning of upanishads but you know, without the spiritual master we we in fact will be thrown far far away from the supreme lord and that's the case with the mayavadis the beginning of spiritual enlightenment is realization of impersonal brahman so if you remember this today's verse is talking about three aspects of the absolute truth the brahman parmatma and bhagavan let us read the translation again okay what the upanishads describe as the impersonal brahman is but the effulgence of his body so there is a impersonal brahman mentioned here and the lord known as the super soul parmatma now is but his localized plenary portion lord chaitanya is the supreme personality of godhead krishna himself bhagavan full with six opulences he is the absolute truth and no other truth is greater than or equal to him so it is in this verse what is established is the three aspects of the absolute truth are nothing but chaitanya mahaprabhu's different aspects stages of different realization krishna and chaitanya mahaprabhu are non different that's 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 the declaration this in this verse so understanding that the beginning of spiritual enlightenment is realization of impersonal brahman such realization is affected by gradual negation did we miss anything no such realization is affected by gradual negation of material variegatedness did you understand that neti 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 so the realization of impersonal brahman is realized by gradual negation of material variegatedness so in the material world there is a lot of variegatedness that means a lot of variety a lot of things are there in this material world everything everything is a thing right so there's so much variety in this material world so the impersonal understanding is that there is no variety it's just one homogeneous substance the light that's the understanding of impersonal brahman so there's no variety like for example when we see the sun and when the sun is so bright and when we look at directly at the sun it's just you know I, or in the dark suddenly somebody you know throws a bright flashlight at you i mean not throw the flashlight but you know shine the light at you you will suddenly just <laughs> in the darkness maybe you could see a little bit here and there but all that is just completely whitewashed and then nothing appears just like homogeneous light that is impersonal brahman realization so that is achieved by gradual negation oh this is not the truth this is not the truth this is not the truth 
so by analyzing every single aspect of the material world and understanding that that's not part of the truth that is part of the illusion actually vaishnava say that is not illusion it's temporary truth it's not the eternal truth so anyway the mayavadi is understanding okay this is not the truth this is not the truth this is not so brahma satyam uh, jagan mithya so this is their understanding so neti 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 so not this not this not this not this not this not this but what it is they have no idea so therefore they come to a <coughs> conclusion which is devoid of any variety because they negate the material varieties they do not understand the vaishnava philosophy which is perfect according to the vedas which is that whatever exists in the material world is nothing but a reflection of whatever exists in the spiritual world so in other words whatever we see here it they have their counterparts in the spiritual world but without the imperfections that are found here for example sex life is here that means it is there in the spiritual world if something is here it is there in the spiritual world but here the nature of sex life is very abominable there is so much suffering for a little bit of you know insignificant pleasure that's the nature here but in the spiritual world the affairs of radha and krishna and krishna and the gopis that is spiritual sex that is totally different in nature and it, it increases the pleasure of uh, krishna and the devotees is totally unlike the material sex pleasure here it it seems like a pleasure but actually it's a source of all kinds of troubles all kinds of anxieties why do people go and work so hard day and night because it's to maintain their family which is a product of sex life so for a little bit of few seconds of pleasure they are prepared to spend their entire lives supporting that small amount of pleasure so that's the struggle of existence struggle for existence in this material world um, <clears throat> in the spiritual world there is no such struggle so what i'm saying is that's just one example everything so whatever we find here here whatever find, so there is the real nature of that in the spiritual world but this is a reflection this is a reflection and here it's all with imperfection there it's perfect like a mango may be reflected in a in a mirror or in water so but in the real mango you can taste the mango in the reflection mango you can't taste it 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 looks like a promise of a mango it gives us a promise of a real mango but when we actually go down to the reflection and take the mango it it's not there the reflection is real but the mango is also real but the reality of mango in water that's not real so it only pr- uh, teases us with some happiness but actually it's full of distress it's very frustrating in fact so that's the difference so such realization that means of the impersonal brahman is affected by gradual negation of material variegatedness impersonal brahman realization is the partial distant experience of the absolute truth that one achieves through the rational approach it is compared to one's seeing a hill from a distance and taking it to be a smoky cloud a hill is not a smoky cloud but it appears to be one from a distance because of our imperfect vision in imperfect or smoky realization of the absolute truth 
Spiritual variegatedness is conspicuous by its absence. This experience is therefore called Advaitavad or realization of the oneness of the Absolute. I hope you understood all that. <coughs> so, it's the distant realization of the Absolute. Impersonal realization is the distant realization of the Absolute. Two examples can be cited here. One is the hill example, which Sri Prabhupada quoted here. So when you see a hill from a very, very far place, in fact, who was showing me? Yeah, I was having a live video call with my brother, Rajakishore Prabhu. So he was showing from his house, which is in the like 21st floor or something like that. And he was showing this, this view of um, Manila in Philippines. So he showed one part in the camera. I mean, I, mean, I was looking at my phone and I was showing this. So there's this big mountain, he said. I mean, but I couldn't see on the video. It looks like a, it looked like a cloud. So that's mind perfect vision. So if you see a hill from a far away place, it looks like a you know like a grey shape, and that's it. It looks like looks like almost like a cloud. That's a distant realization of the hill. It's a faulty realization, imperfect realization of the hill. You are looking at the hill, but you have a wrong idea of what it actually is. That's the realization of impersonal Brahman or even Paramatma. It's not perfect realization yet. <coughs> so another example is the sun. Sun also, uh, distant realization of the sun is just the light. Like, as I said many times, many insects, they only can feel the sunlight. They don't even know that there is a thing called sun in the spirit. I mean, in, in the sky, which is giving off this light. They don't even know that. So they just they just know the sunlight, and it's like all pervading everywhere. And that's all they understand. It's not wrong. It's not wrong. It is sun in one way. Because it is without the sun, that wouldn't be possible. So it is a realization of the sun, but incomplete. The next realization is what we understand. That yes, there is sunlight. Also, there is the sun globe. The disc. which we, It's not a disc. A disc is a flat thing. It, it's what it appears to us. But it's, it's a globe. Right, and and that is the next realization that it has a location in the sky. Apart from being this all-pervading light that exists everywhere, it also has a location in the sky, and that is a localized aspect of the sun. And that also is not perfect realization of the sun. The perfect realization of the sun is understood from scriptures as when we actually enter the sun planet. First of all, we have to be qualified to do that. But if we enter the sun planet, we can actually see the sun god. And his name is also given <clears throat> in the Bhagavad Gita and in the Bhagavadam. Vivaswan. The name of the sun god is also given. So that personality who is presiding over the sun planet, who is controlling the affairs of the sun, which is the king of all the planets, that supreme, I mean, not, not supreme, he's not supreme, but that powerful living entity, he is the ultimate controller of the sun. So that's complete understanding. And actually, if one is qualified, he can make friends with him, the, the Vivaswan, the sun god. Like Krishna, he was there, he was instructing the sun god. That same sun god who is giving us all these lights and uh, <clears throat> even the plants, the vegetation, the food cycle, everything is dependent on the sun. And not only on this planet, every single planet, everybody can feel the effect of the sun. 
so powerful so ubiquitous everywhere he is and that personality if we know him personally oh how um, and actually we can ask him intimate questions even <laughs> if you know him and oh how you do this how do you do that? so you you can understand i mean that's a totally different level of realization of the sun so similarly krishna can be understood in these three phases brahman paramatma bhagwan brahman is like the light just like the insects they understand the light so the <laughs> brahman realized people those who think that brahman is everything the all pervading light is everything they are like insects and then the paramatmavadis those who understand the paramatma the localized aspect that is those yogis are more advanced because they are, they understand partially the person personal attribute at least there is a person paramatma and he is sitting there with us the brahman realized people have no idea of this and finally even in paramatma the thing is he is a silent observer in as paramatma he is silently observing us and is giving us all what we desire but not in a very happy way upadrashta anumantacha he is giving us what we need not in a very happy way uh, in the sense that he is not pleased with what we are undergoing how can how can you say that krishna is not happy well <laughs> paradukha dukhi even a vaishnava is paradukha dukhi where does he get this quality from he gets it from krishna krishna is paradukha dukhi he cannot see his son a father may be happy by himself but when he sees his sons suffering he becomes unhappy that's a natural thing for the father on his own he is not unhappy but when he sees that why my sons who are my sons the richest father they have and then they are suffering like beggars on the street in this material world so that gives him pain so he is not happy with what we are doing but still he is our f- dear most friend and he accompanies us in life after life even though we were worm in the stool he will still sit with us in that stool uh, in beside our ha- i mean in our heart beside the soul he sits and you know looks upon us and takes care of us personally of course through the agency of the maya but he personally supervises everything that much he is so uh, affectionate towards us <clears throat> so this affection is understanding of the personal feature a person has affection a light doesn't have any affection the light can't love someone but a person can so the paramatma realization is that's why a higher the only thing in the paramatma realization is that the incompleteness in the paramatma realization is that there is on one side there is the <clears throat> paramatma who is trying to indirectly you know advise us trying to change our mind for the better so that we can become his devotee again but then there is no reciprocation from our side and therefore he does not um deal with us in a very open way naham prakasha sarvasya he doesn't show himself to everyone but when the devotee realizes the personal aspect and he renders service to the lord that is the bhagwan feature then you will see the full fledged variety of bhagwan he deals with his devotees you know here there is you know he becomes controlled by his devotees paramatma in paramatma feature he is not controlled by the conditioned soul in bhagwan feature he is controlled by the the pure devotee and there are so many pastimes 
uh, that the devotees and the Lord have together. So all this variety and in the Vaikuntha planets, in the Goloka Vrindavan, these varieties are everywhere. And such variety is possible in the Absolute Truth. I mean, he is always there in the Absolute Truth. But he is only realized in the Bhagavan feature. Okay? So with this understanding, let's read this paragraph again. The beginning of spiritual enlightenment is realization of impersonal Brahman. Such realization is affected by gradual negation of material variegatedness. Impersonal Brahman realization is the partial distant experience of the Absolute Truth that one achieves through the rational approach. Rational, you can rationalize. Okay, this is not the Absolute Truth. That is not the Absolute Truth because it has a relative counterpart. So in this way, you can use your intelligence a bit to come to this understanding. It is compared to one seeing a hill from a distance and taking it to be a smoky cloud. A hill is not a smoky cloud, but it appears to be one from a distance because of, if, of our imperfect vision. In imperfect or smoky realization of the Absolute Truth, spiritual variegatedness is conspicuous. You know what's conspicuous? Easily seen or clearly visible. Standing out. So why is that like this? You see, in the imperfect or smoky realization of the Absolute Truth, spiritual variegatedness is conspicuous or is clearly seen by its absence. What does it mean? It took me very many years before I could understand why does Prabhupada always use this conspicuous by its absence. What is this conspicuous by? It's clearly seen by its absence. What is, what is that? How can it be clearly seen when it's absent? So in the imperfect or smoky realization of the Absolute Truth, spiritual variegatedness is clearly seen by its absence. So, basically, it's like this. This is only seen by the fully realized person. For example, um, the pers- a, a, a person you may you know love someone very dearly. If you love a person very dearly and if you are with that person all the time and suddenly the person you know goes for a you know maybe a business trip you know for a, for a week now the family members of that person will will feel him he is conspicuous by his absence it means there's no way they can forget him because he's absent he is the only thing missing in the whole house so when something is so visibly missing that it, its absence is so starkly observed like um, <clears throat> like for example I'll just give you a wild example suppose I started this live stream and my face is not here I just am hiding somewhere and I'm speaking I can still speak <clears throat> I can just put this mic on I can just hide uh, hide under somewhere here and I can speak but I will be conspicuous by my absence because it, the most obvious thing is not there I mean, everybody is looking for that and that person is not there. So that is called conspicuous by his absence. Everybody notices. In fact, sometimes, you know, people may take that person for, for granted until he gets missing. Then they say, oh, everybody's attention is on him now. So that's, that's what is meant by conspicuous by his absence. So in the imperfect or smoky realization of the absolute truth, Spiritual variegatedness is conspicuous by its absence. <laughs> but those who realize that smoky realization or the Brahman realization, they don't realize. it. For them, it's not conspicuous. Spiritual variegatedness is not conspicuous. 
for a devotee who realizes the full bhagwan feature for him when somebody says that oh you know uh, spirituality or spirit spiritual means just formless and you know just light and no variety <clears throat> for the devotee it's like that's the very thing that will make us happy variety is the mother of enjoyment it said so and you are after enjoyment and the very thing that gives enjoyment you are you are actually saying that it is not that you're just missing the very point you're after you're after variety you're after happiness which is given by the variety and that variety you are denying and you want happiness so it's like you are after something which you are denying so that is conspicuous by its absence this experience is therefore called advaitavad or realization of the oneness of the absolute truth the impersonal glowing effulgence of brahman consists only of the personal bodily rays of the supreme godhead shri krishna since shri gaurasundar or lord shri chaitanya mahaprabhu is identical with shri krishna himself the brahman effulgence consists of the rays of his transcendental body so chaitanya mahaprabhu is non different from krishna now how can we be so sure so today's title of today's um, session is the vedic evidence of chaitanya mahaprabhu supremacy of chaitanya mahaprabhu so we will go into that in subsequent verses but this purport is quite important so after this we will go into all the other verses okay similarly the super soul which is called the paramatma is a plenary representation of chaitanya mahaprabhu the antaryami the super soul in everyone's heart is the controller of all living entities you see the antaryami this is called paramatma is the controller of all living entities this is confirmed in bhagavad gita 15.15 wherein lord krishna says sarvasya chaham hridisannivishtaha i am situated in everyone's heart the bhagavad gita 5.29 also states bhoktaram yagya tapasam sarvalokamaheshwaram indicating that the supreme lord acting in his expansion as a super soul is the proprietor of everything now similarly the brahma samhita 5.35 states andantarastha paramanu chayantarastham the lord is present everywhere within the heart of every living entity and within each and every atom as well thus by this super soul feature the lord is all pervading so now this is the super soul nature furthermore lord chaitanya is also the master of all wealth strength fame beauty knowledge and renunciation because he is sri krishna himself now it is shadaishwaryai uh, purna this is called bhagavan bhagavan means one who has all the six bhagas uh, what is that aishwaryasya samagrasya viryasya viryasya yashashriyah gyana vairagyayoschayva shannam bhaga itingana shannam bhaga bhaga means all the opulences bhagavan means one who possesses all opulences so this opulences are six in number which includes everything wealth strength fame beauty knowledge and renunciation so he is brahma and uh, brahman Uh, paramatma and bhagwan chaitanya mahaprabhu okay he is described as purna or complete in the feature of lord chaitanya the lord is an ideal renouncer just as shri ram was an ideal king lord chaitanya accepted the order of sanyas and exemplified exceedingly wonderful principles in his own life no one can compare to him in the order of sanyas although in kali yuga acceptance of the sanyas order is generally pro- forbidden lord chaitanya accepted it because he is complete in renunciation 
others cannot imitate him but can only follow in his footsteps as far as possible those who are unfit for this order of life are strictly forbidden by the injunctions of the shastras to accept it lord chaitanya however is complete in renunciation as well as all other opulences he is therefore the highest principle of the absolute truth so in the chaitanya mahaprabhu's life he showed his opulence of renunciation by taking the sanyas ashram and he was very very strict about it so by an analytical study of the truth of lord chaitanya one will find that he is not different from the supreme personality of godhead krishna no one is greater than or equal to him in the bhagavad gita 7.7 lord krishna says to arjuna mattaha paradaram nanyat kinchidasti dhananjaya o conqueror of wealth arjuna there is no truth superior to me thus it is here confirmed that there is no truth higher than lord shri krishna chaitanya the impersonal brahman is the goal of those who cultivate the study of books of transcendental knowledge and the super soul is the goal of those who perform the yoga practices one who knows the supreme personality of godhead surpasses realization of both brahman and paramatma because bhagavan is the ultimate platform of absolute knowledge the personality of godhead is the complete form of sachidananda full life knowledge and bliss by realization of the sat portion of the complete whole unlimited existence one realizes the impersonal brahman aspect of the lord by realization of the chit portion of the complete whole or unlimited knowledge one can realize the localized aspect of the lord the paramatma but neither of these partial realizations of the complete whole can help one realize ananda or complete bliss without such realization of ananda knowledge of the absolute truth is incomplete so when we say sachidananda so sat chit and ananda sat means eternity chit means knowledge and ananda means bliss and in the brahman realization the feature of sat is understood the eternity the light is eternal yes that is understood that is realized in the form of in the realization of paramatma there is a sat and chit which is realized whereas in the realization of bhagavan there is sat chit ananda so in other words although the brahman realized person is happy in the sense that he is relieved from the unhappiness of the material world and there is some happiness yes in brahman but again it's insignificant compared to the happiness in devotional service so therefore he falls back into material life aruhikrachrena parampadam tatha patanti adhaha anadrita yushmadangraya he falls down because he does not have ananda the ananda is only possible for the devotee even the paramatmavadis cannot have complete ananda because they don't serve the lord ananda can be gotten only by serving krishna is called govindamadipurusham tamaham bhajami govinda means the one who gives pleasure to the senses and that is only possible when we serve his senses rishikena rishikesha sevanam bhakti ruchyate when we employ our senses in the service of his senses then our senses will become um, happy we will become happy so that ananda the pleasure the reservoir of pleasure krishna so that pleasure can be experienced by person who serves the lord not the person who tries to take tries to take service from the lord he will not experience the pleasure he may for a time being you know get some you know feeble pleasure in material way but the lord is so kind that if one really approaches the lord and not other demigods and other imperfect ways of approaching him then he will actually give himself although we may not want him we may want some material thing but he wants to give us the highest benediction he will see the good that oh he has at least come to me okay 
whoever comes to me there's no way that they're going to lose i will make sure they are the winner so although he's praying for to being a loser <laughs> yeah if we ask antavattu phalam tesham if we ask for anything material from the lord we are asking the lord to make us a loser but the lord refuses he has come to me whoever has comes to me i will make sure that he will be a winner that's the lord's determination so he will make sure our all our uh, so called attraction for the material world is cut off and then we get the real deal the lotus feet of the lord so but if we go to the demigods and all kankshanta karmanam siddhim yajanta iha devata so they will get quickly the material benefits but they end up as losers you get a quick win but then you lose the the big game um but in the devotee's life for a person who cannot handle in the in the immature stage he may seem to be a loser in the beginning but ultimately he wins so he who wins last wins best or he who laughs last laughs best so who will have the last laugh the devotees because ultimately they will be rewarded with the highest thing the association of the supreme lord the service of the supreme lord in fact service of the supreme lord is even higher than association of the supreme lord that is chaitanya mahaprabhu's teachings to us okay the personality of god is complete in the form of sorry is the complete form of sachidananda full life knowledge and bliss so we have read this okay we have read this paragraph without realization of ananda knowledge of the absolute truth is incomplete This verse of the Chaitanya Charitamrita by Krishnadas Kaviraj Goswami is confirmed by a parallel statement in the Tattva Sandarbha by Srila Jiva Goswami. In the ninth part of the Tattva Sandarbha, it is said that the Absolute Truth is sometimes approached as impersonal Brahman, which, although spiritual, is only a partial representation of the Absolute Truth. Narayana, the predominating deity in Vaikuntha, is to be known as an expansion of Shri Krishna, but Shri Krishna is the supreme Absolute Truth, the object of the transcendental love of all living entities. <coughs> so this is the explanation of this verse now the explanation of this verse um by krishnadas kavraj goswami himself now he analyzes it and presents some vedic evidence but actually he does not present that much vedic evidence in support of the fact that sri chaitanya mahaprabhu is the supreme personality of god he doesn't actually glean all the verses from different um, uh, scriptures because other devotees have already done that like vrindavan das thakur they have already done that so he did not repeat what others have already done so he explains in a different way but he he also actually if you see chaitanya charitamrita later on he will explain many things as part of the leela of sarvabhauma acharya and gopinath acharya and all that you will find many many verses there but here also prabhupada in one of the purports he explains um, he gives the references now we will go through all that okay let's go through this first he explains brahma atma bhagavan anuvada teen anga prabha अंश स्वरूप तीन विधेय चिन्ह सो ब्रह्मा आत्मा भगवान अनुवाद तीन नॉट फोर तीन अनुवाद तीन अंग प्रभा अंश स्वरूप तीन विधेय चिन्ह इम्पर्सनल ब्रह्मन द लोकलाइज परमात्मा एंड द पर्सनैलिटी ऑफ गॉडहेड आर थ्री सब्जेक्ट्स एंड द ग्लोइंग इफॉल्जन्स द पार्शल मैनिफेस्टेशन एंड द ओरिजिनल फॉर्म आर द थ्री रेस्पेक्टिव प्रेडिकेट्स so he's explaining in terms of grammar now first he's expl- analyzing the verse uh, in in grammatical fashion 
so what is the subject and predicate so subject is the is the thing that is being described that is the subject and the predicate is the description of that thing so uh, like for example um krishna lives in vrindavan for example so krishna is the subject and lives in vrindavan that is the predicate so what he does there is something which reveals a little more about that subject so krishna means okay he is a subject lives in vrindavan okay that is stating something about the subject so that is the predicate so here <clears throat> in today's verse if we look back at the verse यदद्वैतं ब्रह्मो पनिषदि तदप्यसतनुभात्मातर्यामी पुरुष इति सोस्यांश विभव षडैश्वर्य पूर्णो य इह भगवान्वयमयम न चैतन्यागतिपरतमिह सो द उपनिषद्स डिस्क्राइब द इंपर्सनल ब्रह्मन इज बट द इफलजन्स ऑफ इज बॉडी सो द इंपर्सनल ब्रह्मन इज अ सब्जेक्ट एंड देन देर इज अ डिस्क्रिप्शन ऑफ द सब्जेक्ट ओ इट इज द इफलजन्स ऑफ द लॉर्ड्स बॉडी देर इज अ डिस्क्रिप्शन ऑफ वॉट दैट इंपर्सनल ब्रह्मन इज that is the predicate then the lord known as super soul that is the subject is but his localized plenary portion so is a localized plenary portion of the supreme lord what is that the paramatma paramatma is subject and is the localized aspect so that is the predicate and lord chaitanya is the supreme personality of godhead subject full with six opulences he is no he, he is the absolute truth and no truth is greater than or equal to him that is predicate So is describing something about the subject so three subjects and three predicates that is what is explained here brahma atma bhagavan anuvada teen anga prabha amsha swarup teen vidhe chehna so the impersonal brahman the localized parmatma and the personality of godhead are three subjects and the glowing effulgence the partial manifestation and the original form are the three respective predicates अनुवाद आगे पाछे विधेय स्थापन शे अर्थ को ही सुनो शास्त्र विवरण ए प्रेडिकेट ऑलवेज फॉलोज इट्स सब्जेक्ट नाउ आई शेल एक्सप्लेन द मीनिंग ऑफ दिस वर्स अकॉर्डिंग टू द रिवील स्क्रिप्चर्स नाउ वाई डिड ही एक्सप्लेन लाइक दैट इन द सब्जेक्ट एंड प्रेडिकेट यू विल अंडरस्टैंड राइट एट द एंड ऑफ द चैप्टर विच विल नॉट विच विल नॉट बी कवर्ड इन टूडेज सेशन but when we cover when we finish this chapter we will have a recap and an overview of the chapter i actually wanted to do the overview today but then i thought might as well just go through the chapter and then recap and overview it so that you will remember and then the flow of it um you know as a final take away from the chapter so swayam bhagavan krishna vishnu paratatva purna gyan purnananda param mahatva Krishna the original form of the personality of Godhead is the summum bonum of the all pervading Vishnu he is all perfect knowledge and all perfect bliss he is the supreme transcendence these are all declarations Nanda suta boli jare bhagavate gaye shay krishna avatirna chaitanya gosai okay here this this pronunciation of this is not gosani is not a sindhi person there <laughs> a sindhi person the name you know for those of you know sindhi people their name the family name ends with ani or mal you know um so here it's not gosani he's not a sindhi this is a <laughs> n with a tilde 
on top is gosai it's a nasal sound gosai chaitanya gosai actually it is a um, bengali way of saying goswami goswami they also say goshai goshai you know actually they they pronounce it like that goshai chaitanya goshai so mahashoy you know like that so nanda suta boli ja rahe bhagavate gaaye shai krishna avatirna chaitanya gosai yes puja is saying nani not ani yeah <clears throat> so now um he whom shrimad bhagavatam describes as the son of nanda maharaj has descended to earth as lord chaitanya again this is a declaration it's not evidence it's not evidence it's a declaration purport according to the rules of rhetorical arrangement for efficient composition of in literature a subject should be mentioned before its predicate <laughs> for example if you say um in vrindavan lives krishna that is also correct or krishna lives in vrindavan that is also correct now what is the subject of importance is it vrindavan or krishna depending on that the important thing is the first the, the thing that should come first so if i say in vrindavan lives that is a predicate krishna and uh, that is subject in in uh, according to vedic literature rules the subject must come first and then the predicate but sometimes it is also found the predicate comes first and then the subject so it's not uncommon as example will be given later in this chapter but yeah so that is the basic usual way of um composition so the subject should be mentioned before its predicate um there is a good example of the predicates coming before the subject and it was done with a very very uh, specific intention by hanuman so <clears throat> when he went to lanka and found sita and came back so the first thing he wanted to tell ram because he knew ram was you know um in separation of sita he was so distraught and he was he thought a lot how to break this news to ram this happy news he was not just happy yes yes i have found sita i have found sita no so he was he was thinking how to tell this news to ram and he considered many different ways he thought shall i say i have found mother sita mm. or uh, sita was found then he thought found sita and ah, this is the best because i have found sita so he thought before i can com- complete my sentence in that overwhelming expectation lord ram may you know faint you know because because of the suspense i have found those three lines maybe intolerable suspense for the lord before the word sita comes out or if i say sita was found sita if i say sita actually there is a subject sita is the subject here now if i say sita is found sita was found then the moment i mention sita 
in the suspense that what happened whether she is dead or she, whether she is alive or she was found or not found or so in that suspense he may again lose his consciousness so considering all these fine intentions and emotions of the supreme lord ramachandra hanuman understanding perfectly well the emotions of, of his lord decided i will say found sita so the first word will be found so that the lord ram will be completely happy but of course he knows it's about sita the mission is about sita so i don't need to say sita was found or i found i don't want to give the importance on me and then jeopardize lord ram's position maybe he will i have before i say found i have already he may think oh i am not found or found or confused or not sure what happened or i could not go to lanka or what what so you may think you may think oh that's going to be just a f- fraction of a second he's already going to send, say the whole sentence i have found sita but as you know the, the love between the lord and his devotees is so intense that the gopis they cannot even you know the twing what is that um closing of the eyelids for a fraction of a moment they can, it's too intolerable for them they curse brahma they curse brahma for that you know that slight momentary uh, absence of krishna when they when they blink their eyes krishna is absent when he, when they are blinking that, that they cannot tolerate that so even that fraction of a second they cannot tolerate so that is the way the the lord and his devotees love each other the pure devotees we are talking about so hanuman decided to go against the rules of rhetoric and instead of saying sita was found or i have found sita in you know instead of being grammatically correct he wanted to be emotionally correct he used his spiritual emotion i mean spiritually emotionally correct not not material emotion material emotion not a big subject to you know delve upon in fact when uh, you know arjuna was emotionally overtaken in the battlefield krishna just rejected oh, come on don't be behave like a eunuch you know come on give up this petty weakness of heart but this crying for of ramachandra for sita is is not is not a petty weakness of heart it's the highest relationship vipralambha bhava so of course that is another subject altogether but the uh, hanuman wanted to see the lord in happy condition so he broke the news in such a way that <clears throat> he he set aside the rules of grammar and he he conveyed the actual thing that was necessary at that time so a lot of thinking you know a lot of thought on how to do service nicely you know best for possible service not only he did he kill so many thousands of rakshasas on the other side and found sita and you know gave a stern warning to ravana and everything he did and set the fire on lanka everything he did <laughs> but then that service was perfect but then he did not oh i did perfect service i did this i did that i burned the lanka i, I did this i gave a stone one to ravana no 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 <laughs> found sita that's what matters to ram nothing else matters so that's so he was totally out of the picture he took himself out of the picture everything out of the picture just the thing that that ram was interested in that is how the so i mean the pure devotee serves the supreme lord anyway that's a whole tangent but <laughs> <clears throat> so in rhetorical arrangement for efficient composition in literature subject should be mentioned before its predicate the vedic literature frequently mentions brahman paramatma and bhagavan and therefore these three terms are widely known as the subjects of transcendental understanding but it is not widely known 
that what is approached as the impersonal Brahman is the effulgence of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's transcendental body. Nor is it widely known that the super soul or Paramatma is only a partial representation of Lord Chaitanya who is identical with Bhagavan himself. Therefore, the descriptions of Brahman as the effulgence of Lord Chaitanya, the Paramatma as his partial representation and the Supreme Personality of Godhead Krishna as identical with Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu must be verified by evidence from authoritative Vedic literatures. So, <clears throat> now you may, you may question, but when Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was here, it is not that he was so bright that nobody could see him and all that. He was, everybody, everybody could see him and all that. Why, how come he was so bright? You know, it's not mentioned like, it's so bright that, you know, everything was just like so bright. If he is so bright, then how there was night time when Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was there? And how there was night time when Krishna was there? Hmm. Because he is, like, how can there be night in the sun, on the sun, which is so bright, right? So, we may think like that. So, the Lord covers his effulgence to show himself. That's the prayer of the Upanishads. The Isha Upanishads say, Hiranmayana patrena satyasapi hitam mukham tattvam pushan napavranu satyadharmaya ye. Kindly remove that covering of light so that I can see your personal form. So, that light has to be removed by the grace of the Lord. So, by the grace of the Lord, he removes that light so that his person is visible. For the not so fortunate people, his person is not visible. But sometimes, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu displayed that light. Like in the assembly of the Mayavadi Sanyasis of Prakashananda Saraswati and party, he was sitting at the place where everybody was washing their feet and he, he just if, exhibited his bright effulgence and everybody was wow this is like Narayan himself you know he's so beautiful and so bright so you know that was uh, a partial exhibition of that supreme brightness of course I mean if you really what is the real brightness of the Lord I mean how bright is he it's like thousands and millions of suns rising at the same time um, we can't even imagine that's Brahma Jyoti but he just partially he just you know uh, showed some light in certain cases. <clears throat> Therefore, the descriptions, um, they must be verified by evidence from authoritative Vedic literatures. The author wants to establish first that the essence of the Vedas is the Vishnu Tattva, the Absolute Truth, Vishnu, the all-pervading Godhead. The Vishnu Tattva uh, has different categories of which the highest is Lord Krishna. The ultimate Vishnu Tattva as confirmed in the Bhagavad Gita and throughout the Vedic literature. In Srimad Bhagavatam, the same Supreme Personality of Godhead Krishna is described as Nanda Sutta, the son of King Nanda. Krishnadas Kaviraj Goswami says that Nanda Sutta has again appeared as Lord Sri Krishna Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And he bases this statement on his understanding that the Vedic literature concludes there is no difference between Lord Krishna and Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. This the author will prove. If it is does prove that Sri Krishna is the origin of all tattvas, truths, namely Brahman, Paramatma and Bhagavan, and that there is no difference between Sri Krishna and Lord Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, it will not be difficult to understand that Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is also the same origin of all the tattvas, the same absolute truth, as he is revealed to the students of different realizations, um, is called Brahman, Paramatma and Bhagavan. So, you see how it is explained? So, if it can be proved, that Krishna, you know, is the source of Brahman, Paramatma and Bhagavan. 
and if it can be proved that chaitanya mahaprabhu is krishna that means chaitanya mahaprabhu is the source of brahman parmatma and bhagavan i mean he he is he is bhagavan i mean he is source of all other aspects of the absolute truth so two things equal to the same thing are equal to each other so if a is equal to c and if b is equal to c that means a is equal to b you understand if two things are similar to um i mean if two two things are equal to the same thing that means they are equal to each other this is plain logic so that's how he wants to establish chaitanya mahaprabhu as the uh, origin of brahman parmatma and bhagwan i mean he is the absolute truth who is realized in the stages of brahman parmatma and bhagwan prakasha visheshe teha dharetin naam brahma parmatma ar swayam bhagwan in terms of his various manifestations he is known in three features called the impersonal brahman the localized parmatma and the original personality of godhead shri jeev goswami has explained the word so we are sorry we are reading from the purport shri jeev goswami has explained the word bhagwan in his bhagavat sandarbha now he gives a different explanation of the word bhagwan here the personality of god had been full of all conceivable and inconceivable potencies is the absolute supreme whole impersonal brahman is a partial manifestation of the absolute truth realized in the absence of such complete potencies hmm? the first syllable of the word bhagwan is bha which means sustainer and protector the next letter ga means leader pusher and creator va means dwelling all living beings dwell in the supreme lord and the supreme lord dwells within dwells within the heart of all of every living being combining all three as all these aspects the word bhagwan carries the import of inconceivable potency in knowledge energy strength opulence power and influence devoid of all varieties of inferiority so bhagwan is usually the possessor of all bhagas like shaktiman is the possessor of shakti bhagwan means possessor of all bhaga bhaga means opulences that's one definition now here is another definition of bhagwan bha means sustainer and protect i don't know the exact sanskrit um, you know let's see i have actually a sanskrit dictionary wait a second second bha you see bear no bear is different one support bharati i have actually a sanskrit dictionary here i'm just uh, seeing there so bharati bhara bhara means um, bharam means weight bhara means one who holds so bharati um this is support see this is this is interesting so how jeeva goswami explained bha means sustainer and protector overpower abhibhavati yeah there are so many you know 
so that's one meaning and then ga means leader pusher creator i think ga stands for some word which i do not know yes advance forward purogamana gamini purogamana advance yeah so you see how he's and va means dwelling va landlord heredity genetic <coughs> so you see owner husband there are so many words that are coming off of that so you see so in this way anyway <laughs> that's a lot of um, okay so bha means sustainer ga means leader pusher creator va means dwelling all living beings dwell so combining all these concepts the word bhagwan carries the import of inconceivable potency in knowledge energy strength opulence power and influence devoid of all varieties of inferiority why because without such inconceivable potencies one cannot fully sustain or protect our modern civilization is sustained by scientific arrangements devised by many great scientific brains we can just imagine therefore the great the gigantic brain whose arrangements sustain the gravity of the unlimited number of planets and satellites and who creates the unlimited space in which they float if one considers the intelligence needed to orbit man-made satellites one cannot be fooled into thinking that there is not a gigantic intelligence responsible for the arrangements of the various planetary systems fair enough right there is no reason to believe that all the gigantic planets float in space without the superior arrangement of a superior intelligence this subject is clearly dealt with in the bhagavad gita 15.13 where the personality of god it says i enter into each planet and by my energy they stay in orbit gama avishya sarva uh, what is that gama avishyam it's 15.13 dharayam yaham something like that right 15 gama avishya ch bhutani dharayam yaham ojasa पुष्णामी चौषधी सर्वा सोमो भूत्वा रसात्मक आई एंटर इन टू ईच प्लैनेट एंड बाय माय एनर्जी दे स्टे इन ऑर्बिट सेम सो वर द प्लैनेट्स नॉट हेल्ड इन द ग्रिप ऑफ द पर्सनालिटी ऑफ गॉडहेड दे वुड ऑल स्कैटर लाइक डस्ट इन द एयर मॉडर्न साइंटिस्ट्स कैन ओनली इम्प्रैक्टिकली एक्सप्लेन दिस इनकंसीवेबल स्ट्रेंथ ऑफ द पर्सनालिटी ऑफ गॉडहेड व्हाट इज इट व्हाट इज द मीनिंग बाय दैट व्हाट इज दिस modern scientists can only impractically explain this inconceivable strength of the personality of god what is this talking what is he talking about he is talking about gravity that is the imperfect impractical explanation of this inconceivable strength of the supreme personality of god which is holding all the planets together in orbit that's the real explanation but they understand some gravity some mass some you know that that's how they understand so modern scientists can only impractically explain the inconceivable strength of the personality of god so the, what they say as gravity is a very imperfect understanding of the actual uh, strength of the personality of god here 
whose involvement um, ensures that the planets stay in orbit and everything is going on smoothly. Sustainer, Bha. You see, that's, that's what we're getting to. The potencies of the syllables Bha, Ga and Va <coughs> apply in... <coughs> Sorry. The potencies of the syllables Bha, Ga and Va apply in terms of many different meanings. Through his different potent agents, the Lord protects and sustains everything, but he himself personally protects and sustains only his devotees. This is other mean, another meaning of Bha. Bha also, he maintains and sustains. There are different divisions to that again. So, uh, this example is already given here. Let's read the example. Just as a king personally sustains and protects his own children, while entrusting the protection and sustenance of the state to various administrative agents. So, he maintains the state, but he maintains his own children also. But he maintains his children in a very special way compared to his ma maintenance of the state. So, both are maintenance, both are sustenance, but done in a very intimate way with his children, whereas very official way with the others. So, that different ways of bha or, or sustenance, that also is included in the word bha. So, he deals differently with different, and it's not his partiality, it's just that they are able to um, receive more of his mercy. His mercy is equally spread for everyone, but they are more receptive to that mercy, owing to their devotion. Whereas the others who do not have devotion, they are not receptive enough. Like, sometimes you say, in India they say, my phone has no tower. My phone has no tower. Whose phone has a tower anyway? <laughs> What they mean is internet connection, you know, because it's it's shown like a, you know, a, you know the, the tower signal. I mean, that <laughs> icon there. So I have no tower. They say nobody has a tower anyway. The thing is, the tower is always there. Depending on my distance from the tower, from where the signal is actually pushed, my reception is bad because I am in a I am in a place where I could not receive um, the signal. Now, that's my problem. It's not that the tower is refusing to send me the signal, no. The tower is there. But if I insulate myself in, a, in an enclosure which no signal can pass, if I put a thick, thick, thick wall, there will be no signal. So if I want to create this wall around me and then say there is no signal, you know, uh, what is this? No. So I cannot say the Lord is over partial, you know, no. The Lord is impartial. It's about our, uh, you know, receptive power based on our devotion. How much we are open to the Lord or how much we insulate from the Lord, that much we will not feel the mercy of the Lord. And how much we reveal ourselves or how much we become open with the Lord and that much we can feel His um, mercy. So, there is all bha, sustenance, different ways. Hmm. The Lord is the leader. Next, next is the Ga. Bha and now Ga means leader, pusher, creator. So, the Lord is the leader of his devotees as we learn from the Bhagavad Gita, which mentions that the personality of Godhead personally instructs his loving devotees how to make certain progress. How to make certain progress. Not certain progress means a particular kind of progress. No, certain progress means definite progress. Hmm. Um, where were we? The Lord is the leader of his devotees and as we learn, as we learn from the Bhagavad Gita, which mentions that the personality of Godhead personally instructs his loving devotees how to make 
certain progress on the path of devotion and thus surely approach the kingdom of God. The Lord is also the recipient, recipient of all the adoration offered by his devotees, for whom he is the objective and the goal. So a leader will receive adoration from his followers and he guides the followers. So the Lord is guiding us, giving us intelligence on the path of devotion so that we can make certain progress. And he receives adoration. So that's explained here. So that's why he's a leader. Huh? The Lord is also the recipient of all the adoration offered by his devotees for whom he is the objective and the goal. For his devotees, the Lord creates a favorable condition. So he's leading, he's pushing. Ga means leader, pusher, creator, right? For his devotees, the Lord creates a favorable condition for developing a sense of transcendental love of Godhead. Sometimes he does this by taking away a devotee's material attachments by force and baffling all his material protective agents. Because he is the protector, he is the sustainer, Bha. But if we have a devotee has a faith in some other protection other than the Lord, <coughs> then he as a leader and as a pusher, as a you know um, leader of the living entity. So he leads the living entity. Oh, take away this thing. He is having too much faith in something else than me. Take away this thing. He doesn't understand that that thing also exists because of me. And instead of having devotion towards me, he is having devotion to that thing. Again, he is falling back into the cycle of birth and death. I will not allow this to happen. Take away the material attachments by force and baffling all his material protective agents. For thus the devotee must completely depend on the Lord's protection. Goptritve varanam tatha. Accepting the Lord as one's guardian or master, leader, ga. One of the six aspects of surrender. For thus the Lord becomes completely dependent on the Lord's protection. In this way, the Lord proves himself the leader of his devotees. A leader is actually a real friend. Leader means not a boss. Boss means he will just, you know, boss you around. Leader means one who guides. One who guides his followers. One who cares for his followers. The Lord cares for us. He's coming as a Paramatma and he's giving us everything that we want. Even though we are atheists, he's giving us the tongue to become, to talk nonsense about him. Of course, after that, he'll punish. That is also for our good. <laughs> but that is how he leads. Leads us. Hmm. In this way, the Lord proves himself the leader of his devotees. The Lord is not directly attached to the creation, maintenance and destruction of the material world. For he is eternally busy in the enjoyment of transcendental bliss with paraphernalia composed of his internal potencies. That means he is spiritually... He is always engaged in Leela. He is, he is not worrying about how to create, how to maintain this universe, how to annihilate. He is not actually worrying so much. He is so busy. Yet, as the initiator of material energy, as well as the marginal potency, the living beings, he expands himself as the Purusha Avataras, who are invested with potencies similar to his. The Purusha Avatars are also in the category of Bhagavat Tattva, because each and every one of them is identical with the original form of the personality of Godhead. What is this Purusha? Purusha avatars. Karano Dakashaya Vishnu, Garbho Dakashaya Vishnu and Kshiro Dakashaya Vishnu. So these are the three Purusha avatars. The living entities are his infinitesimal particles and are qualitatively one with him. They are sent into this material world for material enjoyment to fulfill their desires to be independent individuals but still they are subject to the supreme will of the Lord. The Lord deputes himself in the state of the sorry, the Lord deputes himself in the state of super soul 
to supervise the arrangements of such material enjoyment. The example of a temporary fair is quite appropriate in this connection. If the citizen of a state assemble, sorry, if the citizens of a state assemble in a fair, an exhibition, bazaar, to enjoy for a short period, the government deputes a special officer to supervise it. Such an officer is, is invested with all governmental power and therefore he is identical with the government. When the fair is over, there is no need for such an officer and he returns home. The Paramatma is compared to such an officer. In other words, there is no Paramatma in the spiritual world. He is in this material world only, as you know, guiding everybody. But in the spiritual world, there is no need for that because they are directly associated with the Supreme Lord already. They are already with the Lord, you know, communicating with the Lord, serving the Lord 24-7. So, but here we are not. So, we want to be separate from the Lord. But still the Lord does not separate himself from us. So, he is sitting invisible to us, um, just beside us in the heart. And he is, you know, observing what we are doing and, you know, giving us what we need, everything. So, although we have decided to go away from him, he did not decide to go away from us. That's his kindness. Hmm. That's why he is called the best of friends. He is the... Suhridam Sarva Bhutanam Gyatva Maam Shantim Ritchati. Whoever understands that the Lord is his supreme friend, he will actually have peace. 